It is a pleasure to welcome Steve Savitsky uh, to these airways. It's been a long time since he's been with us, and uh, we've had some amazing and incredible conversations and wonderful memories with him over the years, and now we get to feature a brand-new book that he's written. He is past president of the Orthodox Union. He is president of the B'nai Tzion Foundation, and uh, now he is known as well as author of the brand-new book entitled Khan Sipor, Inspiring Stories on Seizing Magic Moments of Opportunity to Do Chesed. Steve Savitsky, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Interesting title to the book, and you know that chesed is one of the topics that we are just completely addicted to here at JM and the AM and love featuring any work, uh, book or otherwise, any effort having to do with chesed. Why would a book about chesed, generosity, kindness, however one wants to interpret it, why would it be called Kan Sipor? Good question. Well, listen, the answer is really pretty simple. I uh, looked at this mitzvah of the Kan Sipor, which is, means you send away the mother bird, you keep the chicks for yourself. The Torah tells you in Parshat's Kitzetzeh, the man yitavlach, you'll feel good if you do it. Baharachta yamim, your days will be lengthened. And it's a very strange, strange mitzvah. And I analyzed it. Fortunately, I was able to come up with a, a new interpretation, uh, one which is maybe a little different. And that's really, as I looked at this mitzvah, I realized it was something very profound about it. Because it starts with kiyikare, when you happen to find a bird's nest. Now, let me ask you, Nachum, do you think we in Jewish life look for things when they just happen? We prepare. Right. That's the kind of people we are. Before Boy Scouts said, be prepared, we were always prepared. <laughs> you prepare for Shabbos, you prepare for Pesach, you prepare for everything. That's our life. Here's a great mitzvah, and the Torah says, guess what? You cannot prepare for it. So when I started to analyze it, I said to myself, there's got to be more to this mitzvah. Because when I went around, I was asking people, how many people actually did this mitzvah? Well, maybe it was 5%, 10%, but 90% of the people never did it. So would God give us a mitzvah that is so great, where he gives you the reward for it, he tells you how good you're going to feel, if hardly anybody could do it. So I came up with the conclusion, and I'm speaking to many Rabbanim, because we certainly all have the right to look at a Pesach and to try to interpret kind of like Shat Rem is the Rousseau. And I said, maybe what it is that there are moments in life, I call them Kansipor moments, moments when you're just going about your normal business. You're on the Nachum Siegel radio program. You're in your car. You're driving. You're, you're in an airport. You're in the supermarket. You're any place you are because God puts us in those places. And all of a sudden, an opportunity comes along, a moment just like that bird. And all of a sudden, if you, if you understand it, the same criteria that I apply to the country part, that you have to be going about your regular way, but you have to kind of debate, do I do this or not? You have no one to really talk to, and if you don't do it, the bird flies away, the missile flies away. Those are special moments in life, and I call them country part moments. And once I understood that, and I went around my life, I said to myself, why am I here in this place at this time? There's got to be a reason. And Baruch Hashem, I had many, many occasions where I myself, came across an opportunity to do something. And I knew that if I didn't do it in that moment, I knew it would be gone forever. And so I started to talk about it. And when I would speak, you know, whether at a Shabbos in a, in a shul, whether it was in a convention or a, a kosher Rica cruise or a Pesach, wherever I was, I would talk about these moments. People would come over to me and they tell me, I had such a moment. I said, really? 
how long ago? And they'd say, 25 years ago? <laughs> and I'd say, wait a second, you remember it exactly? Uh, remember it? I'll never forget it. It was one of the highlights of my life. And so I decided to start telling those stories. And as I started telling stories, people came to me, we love the stories. And every story that I tell in the book is exactly correct, written for, by people, maybe. Sometimes I mention their names, sometimes they don't want me to. But that's the point of the chesed, that God puts us in a particular place at a particular time, and we can find ourselves doing something in that one moment that will literally change our life forever. You know, I saw a quote, and it's not from a big guttle, it's from a man named Winston Churchill, who everybody likes to quote. But I saw a quote from Winston Churchill, and this is what he said. To each there comes in our lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy is that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Phenomenal. That's what the book's about, about those stories, about people who came to me and my stories, about concepts moments. And what I really want to do, my goal, is not just to write a book, but to create a movement. I want this, this concept of concepts People will say, oh, I had a concepts moment. It's like someone says, you know, you know, it used to be in our days. People, many people on your program don't remember when you say, could you Xerox it for me? <laughs> or could you, could, you, could, could you give me a Kleenex? I don't remember that anymore. Now it's could you Google it. You know, when you Google it, it means basically you're going to look it up. I want concepts moment. I want, I want Orthodox Jews to become observant Jews. And once you become an observant Jew, all of a sudden your whole life opens up. That's the reason I wrote the book. Steve Savitsky's with us. Khan Sipar, inspiring stories on seizing magic moments of opportunity to do chesed. By the way, one of the, and this is a side point, we'll get to the chesed in a moment. One of the things I love about your interpretation of the Pusuk of Khan Sipar is that uh, it literally is told to us and directed to us as ki kare. If it happens, if, if you happen to be in a situation like that, and I'm saying this because sometimes I get frustrated, there are people who go out of their way to observe the mitzvah. They actually do prepare and set up a situation to to do the mitzvah of Khan Sipor. I'm, I'm being literal now, meaning the actual bird mitzvah. And I always say to myself, you know, how strange, how unusual. This is, this is supposed to be done if, in fact, you happen to come upon a situation like this, not set yourself up to disturb the mother bird. So I'm going to tell you, Steve Savitsky, that uh, your interpretation, I think, fits right into my <laughs> right into my rhetoric on this issue, and I very much appreciate it. Um, all right, so the Consipor moments, you have a lot of them. I know that you know which one I'm going to start with because you and I have discussed this on the air before, and it made it into your Consipor book. You know how much I love Yeshiva University men's basketball? And uh, Martin Leibovic is somebody who uh, my children and I had the opportunity to enjoy his playing when he was at YU. But you would say that the fact that he actually uh, came to Yeshiva University and discovered his tradition and heritage was a concipor moment. Could you share that with us, please? I could absolutely share it with you because uh, every place I go, people want to hear the story of Martin Leibovitz. Matter of fact, I just actually saw him two weeks ago, but the story is really very simple. It's in the book. It's called The Leap of Faith, uh, and it's a much longer story, but it's really very simple. I found myself in Buenos Aires, Argentina, because of NCSY, in a room 
with some boys from college who were going to be learning. And I see this young man. I don't speak Spanish. I asked if anyone speaks Spanish. He said, speaks English, excuse me. He said he does. He interprets for me. And then I ask him, okay, how'd you learn English? And very simple. He says to me, well, I'm a very good basketball player. I played basketball for Barry University. It's a Catholic college. And that's the reason I know how to speak English. I said, wonderful. And you're here this summer in Buenos Aires back home and you're learning Torah. You like it. He says, oh, I love it. And I said, so what's going to be in August? I met him in June, 2008. I said, what's going to be? And he says, and he, and, and he looks at me. And guess what happens, Nachum? He starts to cry. Wow. He starts to cry. He doesn't say a word to me. He starts to cry. And I say to myself, God, why did you put me in this room in Buenos Aires, Argentina, in this shul, Sukkot David, on the third floor, when literally I had three minutes of my entire trip to go into this room? And here's this boy crying because I asked him what's going to be with his Torah. And that's what started. And that's when I asked him about Yeshua University. It's a long, long story. But the end of the story is eventually he came. And the real end of the story, not the end, the beginning, because he's still a young man. Begin, the story really is today he's in Buenos Aires. He's the NTSY director. He's changing the lives of thousands and thousands of young people. It's incredible what he's doing all because of that moment. What would have happened, I asked myself, if that moment when I saw a boy cry, when I asked him what's going to be, if I didn't do something? I would have gone through my whole life. And missed the most memorable opportunity that I ever had. That's what the story is about. And there are many other stories. But that story with Martin Leibovich, as I told you, yeah. I really think about it all the time because I know, I realize how easily I could have walked out of that room. And, and by the way, and, and, and by the way, can I, can I add to this that, you know, it, it's not just you changed a life or that your concipor moment led to that, but look at the ripple effect that he's having with his own family and with the community back in, South America that and, and not even we're not even talking about the you know the role model he was in terms of you know those kids who loved watching basketball uh, it, I mean the, the that one little moment caused an avalanche of uh, of of uh, a tremendous positive influence for so many in our community absolutely as a matter of fact as I said you know I keep up with him of course and we text each other and we get to see each other as often as we can he comes to New York for the NTSY programs, but it just so happened three weeks ago on the winter break, I, my family and I were down in Orlando. He had, he came, his parents actually moved to Miami to Aventura, and he went along with his kids to uh, Orlando. And so we had a dinner one night. Everybody, his whole family, his sisters, their kids, his, his uh, brothers, and everyone, and his sister, who doesn't speak English that well, because we were kind of making a toast, and she said, I want to say something in English. It's not so easy, but I want you to know that Martin is changing the lives of hundreds of young people in Buenos Aires, and it's really true. It's absolutely true. Hundreds. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Steve Savitsky is with us. We're highly recommending the brand-new book available at your local bookstores and, of course, online. It's a Feldheim pro- uh, publication entitled Concipor, K-A-N-T-Z-I-P-O-R. Um, you tell not only stories that happen to you, but stories that you've been alerted to that you fit into the concipor category. The story with um, with Morgenthau, World War II, is that the, is that the same uh, eventual Manhattan district attorney, a relative? Who is that? I don't know. I think it must have been a family. That's from the story of 
Irving Bunim. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great it's a great story. So, th- so this gentleman, whichever Mor- whichever Morgan thought is, obviously, as, as he became a an official in the White House, uh, let's put it this way, he, I don't know, drifted or didn't pay much attention to his tradition and heritage. I guess that that's a fair way of putting it. And this encounter with these, you know, couple of Jewish leaders who come and really put his feet to the fire in terms of helping to save Jews, you know, you have to admit the way you tell the story, Steve, you have to admit this could have gone in in multiple directions. This could have been an epic fail, as the kids would say. And and look what happened. It led to, it led to somebody, you know, spearheading an effort to save a lot of people. That's right. Listen, you know, listen, they're not... They're not always successful. I mean, you know, I spoke at a, a Pesach program uh, uh, two years ago, and, and uh, this program is happens to be in New Jersey. But anyway, it's on the board. There's a boardwalk, and so after I spoke the next day, some people came running over to me and said, "I almost had a conceivable moment." I said, "Okay, what happened?" They said, "We were walking on the boardwalk, and the little kids fell." And, and we ran over right away going, wow, this is an opportunity. And then all of a sudden the mother came over and said, who are you? Go away from us. <laughs> Leave my kid alone. <laughs> anyway, I said, that doesn't make oh, a difference. Well. <laughs> the, the, point, the point is, it's your opportunity. You know, what happens with it, God will decide. But you have an opportunity. I was going to say that in the last story in the book, the last story in the book I put in purposefully because I was in a shul in Riverdale, speaking and I, when I speak I love to look at the audience just to see you know their reaction and try to gauge what I'm saying and it was a woman who was sitting in the balcony in the first row and she was listening attentively to every word that I said every word and I said wow she must have the most incredible concepal moment I can't wait for her to come over to me and sure enough after davening people come over you know what it's like they talk to you you know you related to my cousin Shmuel who's a friend of your your uncle Sam whatever but the point of the matter is that you know, she was waiting, and, and I can't. And she, I said, okay, tell me, you've got the greatest story. What is it? She said, my story is very simple. I wish you were here last week, not this week. I said, why? She said, I went erev Shabbos, okay, and I went to the supermarket, and I was right in front of me. There was a wonderful lady. I didn't know her, and she had maybe five items, and milk, some juice, whatever. And she put it on the counter, and she started arguing with the the cashier, and they're arguing, the manager came over, and the next thing you know, the lady runs out of the store. And I, I said to myself, why, what happened? I came, I asked, I said, what, what, what happened? They said, well, this lady we know, she's a very nice lady, unfortunately, she's a, a widow, and she's on food stamps. She comes to our store, but today's the 31st. Her, her food stamps don't start until the first of the month. We couldn't let her keep the milk and the juice and whatever she had. And she said to me, could you imagine if I heard your speech? I would have run over to that counter. I would have grabbed it. I would have said, you know what? Could I help you out? $20, this lady would have had whatever yep. she, whatever she had. She said, yep. I would have felt so good. She said, but you know what? Yep. It was a concept for a moment that I lost, and I'll never get it again. Yep. That's how the book ends. Yeah. Oh, so 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 telling. What, what you're saying is uh, sometimes we just open up our eyes for very minimal cost and sometimes at no cost. We can make such a difference. And then, of course, add the whole Kiddush Hashem aspect to that. And there's an added bonus. By the way, to clarify, Robert Morgenthau, in fact, was the son of the, the DA, was, in fact, the son of the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, Henry Morgenthau, who you speak about in that book. And, and folks, when you get the book, you got to read that chapter. You'll see what it's like for somebody who who feels it in their heart, that Pintaliyid that comes to life 
when they're faced with a really important decision. Steve Savitsky is with us live via telephone. The book is called Kansipor, Inspiring Stories on Seizing Magic Moments of Opportunity to Do Chesed. Chesed, obviously, one of our favorite topics here at JM and the AM. By the way, we got to point out, Steve, because you, you have a you have a story on an airplane, and you know a lot of people in general have these stories where they encounter people in, in in strange you know situations where you're literally you know someone's roommate you know for four hours so you get to know them and obviously uh, you know sometimes that leads to a relationship where you're uh, you know in touch with them and uh, very often as people know if they're if they approach it the right way they may enhance that person's you know observance uh, etc um wouldn't you say that uh that that uh, this book, and obviously, you know, when you speak about this topic, you're hoping not only that people will act on these consipor moments, you're also hoping people will think about it. In other words, sometimes things like this happen, and they just, you know, it, it, people are oblivious to the opportunity that you know that might present itself. You would like, I'm sure, that that this you know makes people more aware that if you just pay more attention to what, sort of like what happened with the lady and the cashier, that if you just pay attention more to what's happening around you, you know, with a little bit of effort, you can make a big difference. That's exactly right. And that's why I said I want people to become observant Jews. <laughs> observant Jews. Look, look around. Say to yourself, what can I do? Why am I here? Is there an opportunity? And if you, you know, like when they have the, the lotto or whatever it's called, don't they say, you've got to be in it to win it. Right. <laughs> if you're not in it, you're not going to win it. If you don't look around and you're oblivious to life, You'll never have a moment like that. And like the talk, look, God gave us the mitzvah for a reason. Uh, we would have done pretty good with 612, right? I and mean, somehow, <laughs> Avram Free would have come up with a good song for it, okay? <laughs> we would have done well. If he gave us this mitzvah, there's a reason for it. And the reason is, as God said, but you said, because you're going to go about your life, and opportunity is going to come along. And you know, we all want to have gratification. We all want to feel good about ourselves. And God's giving us, he's giving us the formula. It's right there. He says that you're going to feel good about it. Listen, these people would come to me, and 25 years later, they would still remember the story, and it would make them glow inside. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's such a beautiful, beautiful idea, and the God, that's all he gives us, like everything else. That's why I did it. I didn't write the book because I just want to sell some books. I wrote it because I really believe that if people do this, it's going to change their life. By the way, by the, by the way, we should point out, like you wrote with the story of the... Um, uh, of the person who helped somebody who was in a difficult situation at their job, somebody was in a situation where they were being supervised right, by somebody right, who wasn't exactly right. friendly uh, or seemed not to be friendly to, to Jewish employees, and it was a very difficult situation. A lot of times, and we got to point this out, you don't see the fruit of the Kansipur moment for months, and sometimes you may never you know, see the fruit, but if you make the effort, uh, chances are down the road it's going to make a difference. Absolutely. No question about it. A man in Israel, I spoke in... Uh, the OU Center when I was in Israel a few months ago, and a man came over to me and told me that he met somebody who he didn't even know. And the man came over to him and said, oh, you know, by the way, you know, I, I, I'm so impressed with everything, the way you live your life. And because I saw you on a plane seven years ago, uh, I decided to start looking into Judaism. And because of that, today I'm Misham Shabbos. And the guy goes, who are you? I don't know you. He said, well, you sat next to me on a plane once. We once spoke. And I just started thinking about Judaism, and he meant that to me. I never even know. I never even knew I did anything. So who knows? Who knows what the moment is? But like, like Winston Churchill said, take yeah. advantage of it. He was mechavin 
to the country for Mitzvah. Uh, and finally, Steve, there has to have been, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I can't imagine there hasn't been. There must have been a Katsipur moment since you published the book, right? Like, is there something that happened to you over the last couple of months where you said to yourself, wow, I wish that could have made it into the book? <laughs> yes, there have been a few. Uh, not that many, but a few. I have about two more that actually happened. And, uh, yes, I do. Well, firstly, uh, thank God, because the book is really doing so great. Feldheim is so happy, and so am I. People keep sending me. They could send to essevitsky at com, And if you have a story, you know, I'll call you and I'll speak to you. But I have so many wonderful stories now that, uh, I'm going to have another book. As my granddaughter, Ilana Glad in Israel, hopefully she's listening, she said, Zadie, when you write the second book, you've got to call it Continued. Con what? Continued. Oh, continued. I love it. By the way, anyway. I mean, if you're in, if you're inviting people to send in stories like this, you're going to have a second book in a month. I mean, you'll have a second book right around the corner. Okay. Well, I don't think it'll be that quick, but let's see what happens. I got, it's got to be really good. But I want to hear them. I want to hear every one of them because I get inspired when I hear the stories. Some of the stories I've heard So in the last month, people have called me and written to me. Uh, it's just been unbelievable. I look forward to it. It's great. Um, it's so the, the address, if you want to contact Steve Savitsky and, and toss in your own Concipor moment, Savitsky, S-A-V-I-T-S-K-Y at Concipor.com, K-A-N-T-Z-I. P-O-R.com, and I'm highly recommending the book. Uh, Steve, an unusual... Pre- local bookstore. What is it? A local bookstore, and of course, I... I a local bookstore, or buy it on Amazon, whatever. And I'm sure the Feldheim website has it, and... Uh, Absolutely. And, and, it's, Absolutely. And, it, and it's a rarity when I buy a book, Mr. Savitsky, but this one, because I was so attracted to this topic, this one I bought, I look forward to you inscribing this one for me the next time I see you. Absolutely. It'll be my pleasure thank you so much anything really that anything it. done that 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 promotes chesed and encourages people to you know to take the steps that you describe in this book we are enthusiastic about mazal tov on the book uh continued success and uh and thanks so much for joining us this morning thank you so much have a wonderful day bye-bye steve savitsky Khan sipor k-a-n-t-z-i-p-o-r feldheim release inspiring stories on seizing magic moments of opportunity to do chesed. And that basically says it all. More coming up Wednesday, JM in the AM.